Can Hertz survive coronavirus? This is the question of the day. Hertz, an over 100-year-old company, has filed for bankruptcy. And as you know, bankruptcy isn't the death of a company. It hasn't closed its doors entirely, but it's certainly one step along that pathway. And so Hertz either needs to restructure, reorganize, and emerge, or it's done. What can we learn from their business model and their operations to determine what chance we think Hertz has to succeed? You'll find out inside this case study. The Hertz Corporation recently filed for bankruptcy, and amidst the ups and downs of this legacy company that's over 100 years old, we've seen some major interesting developments. But nothing has changed about their core business model. It's remained the same as it was back in the day when they started in 1918. And so even though scale has changed and the focus has changed and the operational scope has changed, the business model has remained the same. What is their business model? Why is it in crisis right now? And what are some of the things that Hertz can do going forward to potentially emerge from bankruptcy and succeed in the long run? That's what this case study is about today. First, let's just start off with a little history of Hertz. It's a pretty interesting historical company. Hertz was begun in 1918, and it was founded by a Chicago, Illinois native. His name was Walter Jacobs. He called it Rent-A-Car Inc., and he bought a dozen Model T Ford cars and rented them out. Within five years, he had 600 vehicles, and he generated annual revenues of about a million dollars, which was, of course, a lot of money in 1924. Uh, What this led to was the purchase of the company by a man named John D. Hertz. John D. Hertz also owned a company called Yellow Truck and Coach Manufacturing Company, and the purchase of the Rent-A-Car Inc. company really folded that business into the Yellow Truck and Coach Company. This turned into a partnership where Jacobs continued in the business and he stayed there until 1961. So this was a very amicable purchase and an opportunity for the business to scale. After three years of ownership, the business was sold to none other than General Motors. So in Uh, 1926, GM purchased the rest of the company, and then they, in 1943, bought out the other part of John D. Hertz's business, Yellow Truck and Coach Manufacturing Company. Under the ownership of General Motors, they released a charge card, they started airport access, and they expanded into Canada and into Europe. However, in 1953, John Hertz repurchased Hertz and took it private again. And that began a real yo-yo of a process between privatization, a public release in 1954, the first IPO of the company, and then continued privatization, relisting back and forth a couple of times. And these changeovers and challenges were largely driven by the challenges that the company has faced ever since its inception. Specifically, It needs capital in order to purchase and acquire leases and cars. This is very capital-intensive business. It is a high fixed-cost business, so it requires operations to be effective. And there's always someone else who thinks that it could be done better. So the take privates were generally in order to improve the operational scope of the business. And then the relistings were a note to everyone that they had done that and believed that there was upside in terms of scale. However, in the... 
2000s and beyond, Hertz continued to face some operational challenges because they have a dual operating model. They have some company-owned facilities and some franchise facilities. And when we look at other organizations like McDonald's, when we look at the franchise and the franchisee relationships, we learn that they can learn a lot about those, but it doesn't necessarily make for a clean and simple business model. And so amidst all of these corporate changes, Hertz really didn't change its way of doing business. It invested some in technology, but we didn't see major changes. However, it did continue to grow in revenues. And if we look at their financial statements, we can go to 2017, we see $8.2 billion in revenues. And then if we look at 2018, $8.8. And then in 2019, $9.1. So we're seeing growth in revenues, which is really attractive. Those are all billions of dollars, by the way. Uh, there are also um, resorts of other operations, which again, in this case, uh, I didn't look into all of the notes, but my, our best guess is that if worldwide vehicle rental is the number one, the other operations are probably credit cards. So 672 in 2019, 748 in 2018, and 640 in 2017. So um, we see some of those differences and changes. Now, if we look at the expenses, we can get a really clear sense of what kind of business this is. Um, now, this is often confusing when you look at a PL, and this is no exception to that. They have under expenses, direct vehicle and operating expenses. What does that mean? Is that a variable cost or is that a fixed cost? That's where we have to go to the operations of Hertz. If you think about renting a car from a place like Hertz, what do you do? You walk into a center. What are their costs? Well, they have leasing that they have to do for their locations. So at an airport, they would pay fees to lease their locations. Who do you talk to? Those staff represent people. Are they paid based on a transaction? If they process 10 transactions in an hour, do they get paid 10 times based on the value of the transaction, like a commissioned salesperson? No, they're paid a flat rate, usually an overhead. Some of them are salaried, some of them are hourly. And so these direct vehicle and operating expenses are the leases and the organizational expense of having staff and people in the centers. In addition, they have the depreciation of the revenue earning vehicles and the lease charges of those vehicles. So Hertz leases vehicles and it purchases vehicles. And so the depreciation on those vehicles is written off. The lease charges are a cash expense. The depreciation is a non-cash expense. Um, and then selling general and administrative expenses are only about $970 million. So the organization runs pretty efficiently from the central office. They market fairly efficiently. They have uh, this overhead that maintains a large system that represents about 10% of their overall revenue. Um, and interestingly, they also have not grown that selling general and administrative over time, which is good for a fixed cost business not to do that. Um, and so what are the challenges of operating a business like this? when we kind of look at all these numbers together. Well, number one, they were able to grow, but obviously their revenue is going to be in crisis this year. Uh, the decline of travel, domestic and international, sharply affects what Hertz can do. Do they have the flexibility to cut back on variable costs? Well, when we look at their cost structure, not really. I mean, they can close facilities and lay people off. Um, but still, uh, uh, kind of the same as what we were talking about with airlines before. You have this challenge in uh, if you let people go or you let a lease go. Let's say you have a lease at Chicago Midway Airport and you let the lease go and you let somebody else take it over. First of all, who's going to take that lease? And second of all, uh, when you want to go back to Chicago Midway, what are you going to do then? So there's not a lot of flexibility in this cost structure process for a company like Hertz. So what can they do? 
They can do everything in their power to get people to book now and prepay for rentals. They can offer sharp discounts, early commitments, and they can look to cut costs in every way they possibly can. Hertz probably will not need the same lease structure that they had before. They should not and cannot own as many vehicles as they can. They will sell them. They are selling them. Um, And they need to operate in the most lean way possible in the facilities where they're currently operating. Still, it's probably not enough. Hertz filing for bankruptcy gives them a little bit of flexibility. They can cease some of their lease payments in the short term. It could result in repossession of the vehicles, but at least they are able to escape those contracts contractually. Um, They're also able to defer payments or negotiate payments more actively under bankruptcy structure and through the bankruptcy process with some of the standard places that they operate. And that may, in this situation, give them time to flex their operating model a little bit and return to a place where customer volume is somewhere similar. So when you have a business like this that was growing by you know half a billion dollars a year, four to five hundred million dollars a year, and then they are purchasing more vehicles to accommodate that, um, one of the challenges is obviously a quick disruption doesn't allow them to roll off leases, sell vehicles, or really do anything to manage their cash. So not a surprising challenge. Um, one final thing that I just want to look at is you know some businesses even though their revenues have dropped off so significantly, have the ability to manage through. Um, Is Hertz even profitable? Well, if we look at the last couple of years, we actually see that Hertz has been a a loss-bearing organization for the last two years. They did make a profit in 2017, but some of the other pieces of their business um, have rendered them loss-making. And because of those losses, they've been eroding, not adding to their cash position, which means that they don't have sufficient cash to manage this kind of a downturn for a long period of time. So that's why they didn't file for bankruptcy right away. But as the travel bans and travel challenges were extended, they did on May 20th in 2020. So hopefully uh, Hertz is a a favorite of mine as a frequent traveler. They do a great job of utilizing some technology to improve the customer experience. Their fleet is pretty well maintained. Um, It's a good way to travel when you are a frequent traveler. And so my hope is that Hertz will emerge from bankruptcy and survive this crisis. Um, But if it doesn't, we would understand why with their high fixed cost structure and the challenge with meeting the passenger and the customer requirements to keep that entire fixed cost system afloat in a time of challenge. Thank you for joining us for this case study of the Hertz Corporation amidst coronavirus. What a challenging time to be a company that's a fixed cost company in the travel industry. This doesn't mean that all fixed cost companies are bad. It just means that there's a challenge in nimbly affecting the way that your business operates when you have major disruption. So if you're in a business that's in a time of disruption, we'd love to help you. Or if you're thinking about businesses either for case studies, case interviews, or from a managerial perspective, we would love to help you as well. We have strategy intensives and other strategy training at managementconsultant.com. In addition, you can subscribe to our channel and with the subscription, you'll get future episodes just like this one. We also have an active YouTube channel and a great website, managementconsultant.com. Thanks for joining. 